Have you ever found yourself feeling out of control and overwhelmed with all the chaos in the world? As mothers, we're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Joyfully Prepared guides and reassures mothers that they can create a home of love, unity, and laughter, as well as produce an atmosphere of resourcefulness and resilience. I know a lot about a few things and a little about a lot of things. I'm your host, Wendy Bergen, and this is the Joyfully Prepared Podcast. Welcome to the Joyfully Prepared Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so happy to introduce you to my friend and guest, Lisa McGrath. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Dr. Lisa McGrath is an international best-selling author and speaker, national board certified teacher, and achievement coach who offers inspirational, practical, and spiritual guidance. She teaches busy individuals to find clarity, purpose, and direction with the intentional acts that help them achieve their goals and live an intentional life. Her recent book, A House with Four Rooms, Physical, Mental, Emotional, and Spiritual Well-Being, Part Memoir and Part Instructional Guide, teaches the philosophy of living a healthy lifestyle. She's the author of Pages with Purpose, an international best-selling anthology that shares entrepreneurs, coaches, and authors' personal stories of why for professional purposes, visibility, and marketing. After helping hundreds share their stories, Lisa uses her experience to help others craft and publish their personal stories with her step-by-step program so they can gain professional authority, credibility, and business growth. Yep. Our friend, you are busy. Yes, ma'am. It's you, great, though. It There's so great. much to learn and do. There's just so much. So it's just, wonderful. It is wonderful. And I, so I'm so glad you're here because I love that you love to learn and, mm-hmm. and apply. And so you're, you're a fantastic example to me. And I want you to share some of your story with our listeners and tell them how, however you want to tell them how you got from where you were to where you are and where you want to go. Oh my gosh. What an invitation. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, Wendy, I think you know a little bit of my journey already, but for your listeners, um, I was a homeless 14 year old and I grew up in a dysfunctional family and I was told I wasn't good enough, that I wouldn't amount to anything and I would never achieve anything. Now, think of a grandfather clock with the pendulum swinging. A lot of times when people hear these kind of messages, think of your you know, children in school, they hear these messages, the pendulum swings and they say, well, I'm not going to even try because I'm not good enough. Right. And they give up. And they feel that they've had this invitation to give up. They've got an excuse. And a lot of times that's what people are looking for is excuses, why they're not doing or achieving. Well, my pendulum swung the other way. And I thought, I'm going to prove them wrong. So at 14 years old, I'm homeless. Um, I ended up actually staying in school because they said I wouldn't graduate high school. So I thought, well, I'm going to graduate high school to prove them wrong. Well, and... My favorite English teacher, I went to him and, you know, during an assignment and he said, you know, Lisa, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a playwright. I want to be an author. And he laughed at me and said, I had lofty dreams. He said, you're a woman. Your job is to get married and have children. Oh my goodness. And so I did. 
Okay. I didn't think I was good enough, right? And so I went the other way. And one of the things that I did is I became a teacher, right? And I always said that I was going to do different, I was going to prove to my parents that there's a better way to parent. And communication is one of those things because we didn't have that in the house because right. it's very dysfunctional, right? So that became very important to me. And wanting to be a writer became very important to me. Well, on my journey, it includes getting an education. So now, just recently, I've become Dr. Lisa McGrath, right? And it's, a, and it's almost a way, and my parents are gone, right? My stepmother, they're gone. But I'm still trying, I'm still that little girl trying to prove to them that yes, I can achieve. Yes, I can do. And after um, helping, you know, writing in anthologies, getting published and writing my own books and things for my website or content, I should say, for a house with four rooms, you know, that pilgrimage to self and helping, especially women who think they're at, a, you know, a dead end, because I always felt that I was at a dead end, right? How to, to learn that, no, you're at a crossroads and you can pivot. Just one change, you know, of a decision makes you pivot. And so that's where a house with four rooms comes into play, right? And how you take care of yourself. Because, I, Wendy, I found solace in the library. I didn't know how to be an adult. Wow. No one taught me. Right. I, no one taught me anything about being an adult. I had to work full time and go to high school full time. And so I've had some ups and downs in my life. But I've always turned to mentors to help me. And I've learned from them, whether that was in person or through the library, through books. Mm -hmm. Well, after helping hundreds of, of entrepreneurs, coaches, and um, aspiring writers get their messages published, right? Um, I had had an emergency health scare. And so in before going into open heart surgery, I had a prayer and I thanked God for my life. And I... Talk to God like he's sitting right here having a cup of coffee or tea with right. me, right? And I said, you know, you, you've given me a lot of challenges. I'm not going to say thanks or no thanks uh, for whatever reason I don't might not understand. But you've also given me a lot of blessings. And so for that, I just want to say I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my children. But I don't believe you're done with me yet. And I said, if you help me survive this, I will make my mess my message. Mm -hmm. And I will help others that are on the same path or similar path that I've walked on. And I've walked on a lot of paths in my life because I love everything. I do everything. Well, I, obviously I survived. But one of the lessons, like I said, is that there's always someone that's behind you. Right. It only takes a moment of your time to turn around and give them a hand and pull them up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's what I make your mess, your message. So that's what I've decided to do. So now I give voice and I actually come out and say, yes, as embarrassed as I was, I never said anything about being homeless because I was embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I didn't want people to judge me. And then in this whole process of learning, I realized what other people think of me is none of my business. Mm -hmm. Just like what my parents, what they were saying and the negativity or even my high school teacher any of these people that I supposedly was supposed to admire or they were my authorities, the advice they were giving me didn't suit who I wanted to be and who I was. And so instead, 
of taking their values and, and, and what I'm supposed to do, I develop my own. And I created these paths. How am I going to live my life? Well, one of the first paths I realized was the path of gratitude. I say that's one of my first paths because the first path, path was really the, the path of forgiveness, but I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I'm going to come back to that one. And I went to gratitude. <laughs> And so I had to work through all of these things. What's it like to be self-aware? What is it to be mindful and to really stop and think about what thoughts am I having? What is it like to say, wait a minute, I need to reframe this thought because I was beating myself up all the time. I still, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Okay. And I know this. And so as a perfectionist, I want things done right. And so a lot of times I won't do something if I can't do it right. I will deny it and let it go, right? I need to be aware of these things. I need to know of myself. So that was a major thing. So going to the library, going, turning to my books and looking at my mentors, and then picking up a pen and writing it out. And so I started, there's so many different ways. And, and my book is, I'm holding it up here, this house with four rooms, because it's part memoir. So stories of myself or some of my clients, but it's journals. Every chapter, I say a little something and then I give a journal because I had to write things out. What do I think about it? And oftentimes I don't know what I think until I hear what I have to say. So by writing it down, I can then reread it and then I can see what I'm going to say. So there's something called free writing. That -hmm. means we don't worry about grammar and composition. We just get it down on paper. We just write it out. Well, I believe I've never milked a cow, but I'm going to use that analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Think of a three-legged stool. Okay. One leg is what you're thinking. The other one is what you're feeling. And the third one is your action. Well, everything begins with a thought. Now, keep in mind, if one of those legs of that stool is missing, it's going to fall over. So we start with our thoughts, which make and create our feelings, which then create our actions or inaction. Sometimes we don't do anything and that's making a decision too. And people don't realize that. So I always think when I'm thinking about things and, or especially with feelings, because I've had a lot of um, emotional ups and downs recently with the pandemic, the loss of my son, you know, just the overwhelm of isolating because of my health issues, uh, just a number of things. And I realize that even when I'm feeling the grief, or I'm feeling disappointment, or I'm feeling sadness or overwhelm. It's a choice that I'm making because of my thoughts. And so sometimes it's, so I just have to stop and pause. And I do something called push. I don't know if you've ever heard that, you know, I push and sometimes I'll, I know this is not (laughs) visual, but I'm a visual person and move my hand a lot, but I push and push means pray until something happens. Okay. I like that. Okay. And so I push. And so that means, you know, I tell tell Lisa, you need to pause, push these thoughts out of your mind, meaning pray until something happens and reframe them. 
The other thing that I always practice or I try to is to think with the end in mind. This is something that I learned from Stephen Covey's books. And by thinking with the end in mind, what results do I want? I want to be intentional, right? So yes. when I think of you and, and I watch your videos and I'm learning how to prep and, and store my food and all of this, and, and your video recently was about rice and, and the apple jars and you know, the containers and learning all of that. And that's what you're doing. You're being intentional. It's not like, oh, I'm afraid I'm not going to ever have any rice. No, it's I'm going to prepare for my family mm-hmm. in advance while I'm still calm. Right. And this is a way of just like journaling. I'm preparing for my future. And so uh, one of the things that I mention in my book is about decision fatigue. Every single day, we have tons and tons of decisions to make. So I give you an opportunity, I give you exercises to learn that you don't want decision fatigue because when you have decision fatigue, you make mistakes. I'd rather say you need to be intentional. How do you do that? Well, there are decisions that you can already make. You can say, I'm going to wear X, Y, and Z this week. Or you can have, think of Steve Jobs or any of the other people that have a uniform, right? They wear the same thing all the time. Uh, and you think, do they have anything else besides the black turtleneck? <laughs> <laughs> they purposely, right? They don't want to think about what am I going to wear because it's more important. When I think of food and I discuss and I have clients and we talk about nutrition, I'll say, okay, when you have too many choices, it makes things harder. So sit down and come up with two or three items for breakfast meals that you're going to be your go-to meals. Already make that decision. Pre-make it. Right. Right. When I buy an automobile, because of the cost of that automobile, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to hang on to this automobile for many years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of it. I'm making intentional decisions while I'm calm. Right. Right. I like that. And then you're making better decisions. I love the point that you're making, and I have never considered it, even though I am a preparedness expert and I do plan for the future, but I've never considered the fact that I'm doing it in a state of calm and peace and just like, yeah, you know, intentional. Like you said, like I'm just doing this now so that in the future, if there's an emergency or whatever it may be, I have it ready to go and make making the clothes choice, making the breakfast choice, whatever choice it is. Yeah. Make like you said, I yesterday, last night. I got in a little bit of a disagreement with my oldest daughter and she's just trying to help me. There's, but I was so overwhelmed with all the decisions that I had made yesterday that at eight o'clock at night, I could not make the decision she wanted me to make. And I felt badly, but I was done. And I, I tried to explain that to her and, you know, it's all worked out, but you're a hundred percent correct. And I, I want you to speak just a little bit to the mothers out there, how that, cause we're making so many daggum decisions every day. <laughs> I, you know, I was just doing the laundry. I'm like, Oh, I got to go buy more laundry detergent. I have to make a decision. You okay. know what I mean? And, and when you go to the, you go to the supermarket and the lines of all these different kinds, right. which one do I choose? And of course, as a marketing person, I know that they've looked at the colors. They've looked at the placement of where they're going to put that product because they want you to spend your money. Right. 
and decide on their product, right? Right, right. So one of the, one of the things that, that I believe is you have to figure out, first of all, when do you operate the best? Mm-hmm. For moms, sometimes it's in the quiet of the morning right. before the littles wake up. Okay. I always say before the littles, you know, get cause the chaos, I'm going to have some quiet time. So I always got up before my children so that I would have that peace. And then I set, and I still do this, even for my job, for everything, because to achieve, I set my intentions for the day. I set my intentions for the day. So I have a morning practice or morning routine. Okay. And when I don't do my routines, my life suffers. Because now I'm going to end up having to make decisions and I'm going in different directions and I'm not accomplishing what I should have intended to accomplish. So so one of the things that I I do for routine is to set my intentions. Well, how can you do that? You can do that by writing a journal, writing down. And, And so, or the other problem that I've experienced in my life is insomnia. What happens if I can't sleep? Well, Write it down. What thoughts, what's going on in your mind? Write it down. And now you can reframe when you're trying to sleep and say, I've written it down. I'll think about this tomorrow. I like that. And then a lot, nine times out of 10, I'll have a decision or I'll have a, a solution. Yeah. What was bothering me. And so it's, it's I, I always say it's a way of, there's different ways to say, I'm going to give it, hand it to God, the universe, the spirit. I'm going to release this. Right. Well, one of the ways you can release it is through writing it down. Love that. I love that. Because then you can tell yourself, your mind, your brain knows, hey, you've written it down. You didn't discard it. You're, you're not saying, no, I'm not going to think about it, but I'm going to think about it later. I'm going right. to be intentional and I will look at it mm-hmm. and I will learn from this and I will go back to it. And so, Wendy, there are so many kinds of journals that you can do. When my kids were younger and, and in the home, bullet journal was really something like a to-do list. Right. Yeah. right. I turned it, I still do a mm-hmm. bullet list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and when I handwrite them, I actually do a little box because I love the act, act of taking my pen <laughs> and checking it off. Right. But, but one of the, the, the things that I teach is something called Kazen. Oh. It's a Japanese technique of, of doing small incremental steps and, and act, actions continuously to make progress, to make improvement. And so that's what I teach is that what could you do? Even the smallest little step, even if you're overwhelmed, what's one little thing you could do? So now, so I'm going to, I referenced your video about the rice. So in that one's in my head because I have to buy some more rice. But anyways, (laughs) um, you were talking about, and I hope you remember, you had an apple container, Mm -hmm. a juice container with the lid. And you had these little things that you're, oxygen things you were putting in. Right. So one of the things that we think about is all of this, you know, I have all of this rice. I have all of this stuff to do. I have, I'm going to put it in here and do this. I got to do this, put it up. Well, when you can do that in an intentional way and make a choice to go and do that and put it up and like you did with your marker, you marked it on it. You're being intentional. Well, Pick your top three things. Do what you can right now. Don't worry about going to buy the 50-pound bag of rice. Right. Don't worry about buying the bucket to store rice. Get the apple jar, the thing you already have in your house. You know, get those things that are accessible right now. Start where you are. And that's taking that small, 
step to make progress. And then once you're making that progress, guess what? You're going to continue to grow. And then you might learn to do something else. You might learn the, the, the thing that's on my list is that freeze drying. (laughs) So so again, I, here I am going to be making these, these little steps, learning more. And that's what you're doing is you're teaching. And and that's what we all are as teachers and learners. Right. We need to recognize that and then just make that small step. How are you going to do it? What are you going to do next? And I believe that we have so, like I said, decision fatigue. We have so much on our minds. We can't remember. So keep a journal, write it down. Yeah. And like you said, there's so many different types of journals. And I, I, one time I was in a church meeting and they were talking about journals, but he came at it from a different point of view. He talked about like when you have a pantry full of food and you know, you have some cans of corn and you can't really see it, but you know, it's back there. So you start pulling the food out from in front of it and it's in your arms, but you have to put it down and you keep going after it, right? He said, that's what journal writing's about. It's getting all that other food out from in front of the cans of corn so that you can see what it is that you need to know or, or right. get, right? And I have had so many moments writing in my journal when I'm just like, kaboom, you know, but I really love your idea of writing down, whether it's a problem, a decision, a thing before you go to bed and leaving it in there. Like you said, send it away, let your, and your brain can percolate on it mm-hmm. right during the sleep. And like you said, oftentimes it'll either fix itself. You'll get the answer or it's not that big a deal after all, That's something right. like that. That's right. And so, like you said, there's just so many kinds of journals and I'm excited because um, here I am teaching all of these people in my programs, you know, you got a journal, you got to do this. And I guess I thought that everybody knew how to do it. I just assumed. And I have people that don't. So I'm in the process now. It should be out soon. I'm writing a book about how important it is to develop a journaling practice. Love it. And yeah, and I think it's, uh, I've got three parts to it. And I think it's the second part uh, where I actually show you, um, and I'm going to describe all the different types of journaling exercises. So like I mentioned, a bullet journal, simple, put a list, a gratitude journal where you come up with five things every day that you're grateful for. And again, truth be told, there are going to be days that you have trouble coming up with five. And there are other days that you're going to have more than five. But the benefit of writing it down is you can turn to the other pages and review and look back and reflect and realize just how blessed you are. It'll change your life, change your life. You can do morning pages. This came from Julia Cameron, where you sit down. Again, it's that intentions for the day. Free write, three pages. Don't Mm. let that pen lift the page Mm. and just write it out. Don't worry. Free write. Don't worry about grammar and composition. Get it down on paper. Three pages. Get it done or set the timer. Ten minutes. I'm going to write. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or your night journal, a night journal. Like I said, put down what's on your mind. That's keeping you awake. Put it down. I have a prayer journal, my mm-hmm. prayer book. I call it my prayer book. Yeah. And it's gotten to the point now that I have people I don't even know who will message me on Facebook and ask me, will you put XYZ name in your journal? Because they know I'm praying for them. And so I have a prayer practice. Okay. And so I pray with this prayer book. And I pray for the people that are in there. 
So that's a different type of journal. I mentioned when my children were younger, my older boy was a handful, let's put it that way. (laughs) And so oftentimes, rather than take out my frustrations on my children or other people, I would go to my journal. And again, what we think about is our feelings and our actions. Mm -hmm. And I want to choose my actions. I want to be intentional. So I don't want to be frustrated and, and yell at other people or do something that I'll regret later. I would rather push. I want to pause and stop. And sometimes it's just a matter of writing down what I'm feeling so that I can validate myself. Yeah. And put it down and then I can walk away from it. And, and we can do this. We can even take a piece of paper, write it down and then go burn it out in the backyard. That is a process in itself. Again, get it off your chest. Don't keep it bottled up. It's almost like your little oxygen things. You got to <laughs> put it in and take care of things. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, I had I had guests on my podcast, Kent and Amy Bowler, and they teach their, their businesses, revolutionary families. And they teach another type of journaling I learned, which I thought was magnificent. And she said when her oldest son was, you know, causing whatever, you know, going through his evolution, that she had the thought to write down one good thing that he had done that day. And she said it took a while, (laughs) you know, it took a little while, but she was able to do it. And then she made it a practice and they call it their proof positive journal. And that way they can go back. And so when that child is really acting up, they can go back and see the evidence that this child is good. And Kent, her husband, he explains it in the, in the podcast, but there's a scientific study that talks about that. If you feel good and love towards another person, that they can feel it. Like it's a connection, even though they may not be conscious of it and they can, they can change because of you know what I'm saying they can feel it and feel worth worthy and and loved even though it's not directly shown to them yeah think of the power of prayer right so they don't need to know that you're praying for them right right exactly same thing with forgiveness those people do not need to know you're forgiving for yourself right right? yes so again you don't need to to tell them right Mm -hmm. it's already there Um, there's something called and this is many years ago I read a book and it was about a bucket Mm -hmm. and you you can fill the bucket right with with things and you know what what's in what are you filling in your bucket so even for yourself you have to be kind to yourself right that Mm self-care well that bucket you want to make sure that you're adding to that bucket so that it's never empty or think of a M&M's. I did this a long time ago with a mason jar and I put M&M's in it. And I tried to show my kids that every time that you put one in and then you take one out, same thing with marbles too. Yeah. Um, and that you don't want to ever deplete it, you know, right. you always have to reinvest in it. Do you remember Gully, the airline pilot that yes. lands in mm-hmm. the uh, river, Hudson River. One of the things that he said in an interview really stuck me. Uh-huh. And they said, wow, you know, you're a hero and this, that, and the other. And he said, you know what? I did my job. Huh. I have been investing every day of my life, uh, yeah. my adult life, into it, it, just like a bank account, invest yeah. in how to do this mm-hmm. and how to train and how to to prepare right. if an emergency happens. Yeah. And all I did is just like a deposit in the bank is I took a withdrawal. Love it. Right? 
Yeah. And isn't that what you're doing? Isn't that what I'm doing? Isn't that what we're all should be doing? What deposit are you making into your bucket, into your bank account, Mm -hmm. into your tool bag? What investment are you making in yourself? Love that. And so you're doing the same thing with your family. You're doing that with your colleagues. You're doing with that with your community. And mm-hmm. we're a global society. Mm-hmm. So we need to recognize that we have more in common than what separates yes, us. Yes, 100%. Yep. And it doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter um, what your religion is. It doesn't no. political. No, it's we're all people. That's right. We have more in common than what separates us. Let's let love and kindness ripple. That's right. So prepare for that in the calmness of the day by making your decisions to be intentional. I I love that. And I I would add just the littlest nugget that let that ripple that start in the home. As mothers, we have the ability to choose how we're going to interact with our our people. I call them the people people that I made. All those people, the people, but yes, it is. But here's the thing that mom has to remember, be nice and kind to yourself That's right. because that ripples out. Think about putting that oxygen mask on yourself first mm-hmm. before the others, because you're not going to be any good if you don't. That's right. Exactly. It's going to lead to overwhelm. It's going to lead to chaos. And I think a lot of people in my generation and our generation we were taught otherwise. We were taught our family came first and that we didn't matter. You know, we had a role to play, right? Well, no, we've learned that when, what Maya Angelou said, when you know better, you do better. That's right. Well, right. Well, we know better now. We know that we have to take care of ourselves. It's not being selfish. It's creating that solid foundation in which to completely build our home and our lives. And so be intentional with that foundation. Be intentional with your words. Be intentional with your actions. And it all goes back to what are you thinking? Yeah, 100%. What are you, what are you thinking, feeling, and doing? Right. That's that's perfect. Thank you so much for, oh, I just love this talk. This is fantastic. And I want you to just to share a little bit more about your program, A House with Four Rooms, because all of this fits perfectly into that. Well, thank you. Well, House with Four Rooms is based on an Indian proverb that states we should think of ourselves as four rooms, a physical, a mental, and emotional and spiritual room. And we need to go into each one of these four rooms daily, even for a short time, even just to go open a window to air it out. So we're doing something for our physical well-being, our mental well-being, you know, our, our spiritual and our emotional well-being every single day because it becomes a routine. And as we're doing that for ourselves, our, as moms, our children are seeing this. And so they, we're modeling the right behaviors we want. And that's what we have to do for our children is model what the behaviors we want. They need to learn. We are, we're their teachers, their first teacher. And so my programs are all about getting people to recognize their own self-worth and value, finding their purpose and understanding that when they're self-aware, they're mindful, intentional, that they can build their life on a solid foundation. Yay. I love that. Thank you. Um, tell, Tell our listeners where they can find you. 
Well, you can find my website at www.lisamcgrath.me. My books are also available on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Amazon just happens to be my favorite bookstore because they deliver. And so not only, I'm so excited, Wendy, because not only do I have the house with four rooms that's available, but I'm working, as I said, on the developing a journaling practice book that will be out shortly and available and other journals. So I have special journals that are meant for caregivers. I have journals for teachers. I have journals for mom, for women who overdo, right? That do too much. So all of these journals are available at your, your favorite bookstore and there's more coming. So I'm excited. That's perfect. And for the listeners, just know that in the show notes, if you click on show notes, we'll have the links for Lisa, her books, her journals, and anything else we could think of, right, Lisa? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely. We're all, the message here though, is be intentional. And do it calmly. Make your decisions when you're in this calm state of mind. Be peaceful and really be intentional. Because when you're in that space, you achieve and do so much more. And you're more joyful. It's true. Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Joyfully Prepared. I'm grateful for you and appreciate you inviting me into your life. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about this delightful podcast. Leaving a joyful review would earn you all sorts of karma points too. I invite you to join my free Facebook group at www.joyfulprepgroup.com and join with other like-minded mothers.